So we ended the last episode talking about something. It was about habits and how we create the life we want. That's it. That's it. See, we've had a short break and I'd forgotten. So, and it's interesting how my brain is coming back to coming back to norm. Um, it's, it's interesting since I had my second aneurysm attack. How some things I just totally lose, and some things I just never forget. And I realise that things I don't forget are things that are for a habit for me, which are regular daily practices. And I heard the other day, someone said a great line. They said to me, you really have regrets when you have the courage to fail. Yep. It's very true. And so there are times where I just, I'm on stage, I just can't remember a line. And when you have the courage to say to someone, you know what, I have not a clue what the next line with this poem is. Yeah. The whole audience kind of breathes a sigh of relief that you're normal. Yeah, well, the other thing with it, I think, is there's the fact that you're normal, but there's also the fact that nobody else actually knows what you were planning on saying and doing anyway. I mean, I, I had a conversation. I was speaking at an event on the weekend, and one of the one of the people that delivered actually a large chunk of the event, it's only their second time ever being a speaker, right? So they, they've done the same event twice, but that's the only event they've ever done. And um, she was a little bit nervous in places. She was a rock star. She was absolutely awesome. But she was a little bit nervous in places, albeit we didn't know that. And I said to her in one of the breaks, all you need to know is this. Every presentation you ever give, actually, there's three presentations. And she kind of looked at me a little bit like, huh? I said, there's three presentations. There's the one you plan to give, the one you actually give, and the one you wish you gave. But everybody else only ever experiences the middle one. So, you know, by all means, look back and go, how could I make this better next time? But don't beat yourself up over it. If it worked, it was good enough, you know? And we've talked a little bit about the importance of being good enough and accepting that you already are enough. I mean, I don't know if enoughness is a word, but I think it, it's, it, it is it a new be. Neil Martin word, obviously. I say, I think it's the same should as be. esteemable. Yeah. Whatever the other word was that we had a couple of episodes <laughs> but, ago. You know, but, but I think it's important that we all appreciate that you know where we are and that we are good enough and that you know our enoughness level is actually kind of topped up, that we recognise our own value, right? I think it's really important. And I think our habits or our rituals can, can influence that. I mean, one of my little sayings is your rituals create your results. So the things you ritualise or you habitise, and is habitise a word? I don't Habitualise, that's the word. But we quite like habitise. <laughs> there will be people listening to this podcast and going, oh my God, Neil's becoming more like Nigel, he just makes up words. <laughs> yeah, or, or who are these two illiterate yeah. monkeys? Yeah. Um, but you know the the more you the more you turn something into like a routine, one the easier it becomes to do it because it's your new norm. Two, you know your consistency goes up because it's a routine and it's norm. And three, it moves you small increments towards where you're trying to get to, provided you've picked the right habit. Because it's easier to get motivated, but hard to stay disciplined. Exactly that. And so we have this massive euphoria of, of this new idea, which is a condition you suffer from, that this massive concept of, let's do this. Yeah. And that discipline. Yeah, that's the tricky bit, right? That's well, the, that's tricky the bit. whole thing about habits. But if you turn it into a habit, it's much easier. And, you know, we talked about some things I'm going to do every day for the next seven days or I'm going to have to give a grant to charity. Um, those things will get done. 
those things will get because done. Because it's a must. And it's not, to be honest, it's not because of the financial element of it. It's because I've committed to doing them. And if I commit to doing something, I get them done, right? But there's also another reason. Because if you focus on being productive and not busy, and you're in integrity with what you're doing, life gets easier. The problem is some of us are confused with busyness and being in business. Absolutely. And I now have decided I want to be in business, working on my business, but not being busy. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And too often you. you ask people how things are very busy. Well, what are you actually doing? And what are your three musts? And what are the three things you've committed to do? And if they got done first thing in the morning, yep. what would the rest of your day look like? And, and that's a really interesting point because I have, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but I have a morning routine. I have an evening routine. I have certain parts of my day where I follow the same kind of set of processes and steps. And actually, I've changed my morning routine slightly um, since, well, since we did the episode about like, where is your health? Okay. Which actually is the episode that went out today on the day we're recording this but that's probably about 10 or 11 weeks ago maybe even three months ago if you're listening to this so i apologize if you're going hang on a minute that was bloody weeks ago neil what do you mean it's you know it's today um but we record a bunch of episodes at a time that's the way we work um but yeah after we'd recorded that i didn't wait until it went live to start making changes, which is why when I arrived here today and I said you were looking better than normal. No, super. Yeah. Super was the word. And you kind of reflected back to me the same thing. It's because I'd already made some changes. And included in those changes were not every single day, but the majority of days I'm making sure I get out for a walk for at least 30 minutes. Now, that might not sound like a big deal, but I was talking to a guy... Um, but I need to stop you just for a second, because I heard a great line that someone said, this idea of 10,000 steps as against 10,000 right steps. Yeah. So when people say, well, I did my 10,000 steps, well, I've I got to tell you, I do some steps. Sometimes I take my phone into the toilet with me, and I'm walking in a doze state. It's three o'clock in the morning. Well, that that's another... Yeah, it doesn't e- really count, that's 16 does it? I just happen to be carrying my phone. So I was at a music festival recently, and I had a day where I did 45,000 steps because I was dancing a lot, right? But And actually, that's decent movement, but... I'm very much about what I'd call purposeful movement. So I'm, yes, it's nice to do 10,000 steps and whatever, but it's much nicer to go, actually, I went out for a walk for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, however long it was, and I feel like I've actually moved my body today. Not, I've been from my desk to the loo so many times, it's done 10,000 steps. Well, there are times where, you know, I'm, I'm only on tea, so I walk to the kitchen, and then I walk to have a pee, and then I walk up the stairs. I think, that's good. That's stair climbing. Yep. That's good. That's only because I've left something upstairs. Yeah. And then you think, well, I look at my little health calendar. I think, well, I've done quite a bit. Then you realize, that's not meaningful walking. Look, it's better than just sitting doing nothing. I get that. Because there's going to be people shouting at this podcast going, yeah. but you're doing something. No, yeah. I, I get all that. But one of the things I've realized is, and it comes to the last part of this bit, which is your state of mind is the most important factor in the outcome of your life. And so my state of mind that when I actually do purposeful walking and I do purposeful priority work and I set my mind to things, my mindset can create a whole different dimension. So since I've started my weight divorce, as you call it, or weight release program, my state of mind is I'm feeling healthy and I look in the mirror and I like what I see. I'm not there yet by any stretch of the imagination. 
But the more I get the state of mind right in my head and I think about what I'm doing, and is it so you're dancing, you know, if you go to a festival and you're moving for seven hours, yeah, as long as you're not drinking 13 beers at the same time, that's a very productive day. Do you know, it's really funny. I mean, uh, I think, yeah, well, we've talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but I don't drink, right? I, I used to. I don't drink anymore. And um, I've had a few people who've kind of said to me things like office parties and things where you're dancing till the early hours. And they're like, how have you done that without a drink? And my answer is quite simple. Because I haven't had one. Yeah. You know, because how many people actually go out with the intention of they're going to dance the night away and then actually find themselves a couple of bottles of wine or several beers in and they don't really feel like moving anymore, right? Well, because they think they need the alcohol to make them let go. To have the confidence and everything else. go and then having fun. Exactly. I and was involved in a training course where you had to let go and once you let go, the music started. Mm-hmm. What was very interesting was that you thought the music was going to come on and then you could let go. Yep. So you arrived to do your piece. Yep. And there was no music. Yep. It was the most bizarre thing. You had to create your own energy. Yep. And you and I both know that our state of mind can dictate whether we walk into an office with the right state of mind or, you know, we've had a crap journey, we've had a fight at home, the, you know, the washing machine's not working, and our state of mind is the whole world's against us. Yeah. And then we start seeing that the world's against yeah. us, there's even more traffic. Whereas I've now made a decision that every conference I go to, it's a perfect room with perfect sound, with a perfect audience. Yep. And believe me, I've been in some really shit rooms <laughs> where the sound has not been great, and there are people who what I call MPS male, pale and stale. Yeah. That you're just giving you this look like they don't want to be there. And if you buy into that state of mind, you create that state of mind. So my new thing for this year is I will dictate my own energy. I will bring my own energy. I'll have fun even if they don't want to play. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Right? One of the things that I, again, when I've been coaching people, running courses, stuff like that, one of the things I tell a lot of people to do is what's a piece of music that makes you feel really good? Keep it on your phone. Because if you've had that nightmare journey to the office and, you know, you've had a fight in the house before you've, you know, like you had the day where nothing's going to plan. What if you just took like three to five minutes in the car where you turn the music up and you just listen to that song that makes you feel good before you walk in? And I've got a I've got a friend of mine that was speaking at a big event in um, San Diego earlier this year. And she's got a routine where she always listens to the same Eminem song before she walks out in front of an audience. Only she didn't have any headphones with her and she couldn't easily do this thing backstage. In fact, she might have even had a phone with her. I, she told me the story and somehow she was disconnected from the way she normally listens to this music, right? And there's a security guard looking after her because it's a big conference, about, I don't know, 5,000 people or something like that. So she's got a security guard looking after her. And she said, look, I just need to get myself into the right kind of state ready to go on this stage. Um, can we go a little bit further away from the stage because I'm going to make some noise? And he's like, okay. And he walks her like a little bit further away. You know, she's prepped, ready to go on. But he walks her just far enough away that she can basically rap her favourite Eminem song herself so she can get that same emotion. And this guy, she said, you know, this guy was just staring at her like, what the hell are you doing, you know? But it was getting her back into that right frame of mind to walk out going, yes, I've got this. 
you know, and this is going to be the best presentation I've ever given and blah, 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 blah. It's exactly what you just said. I don't know how our timing is for today. Oh, we're good. we got 18 seconds. Okay. So I was very privileged to learn a, a system by a guy called Dr. Roger Callahan, which was a five-minute phobia cure, which could change my state with some simple tapping. Mm-hmm. Now, there's lots of different tapping processes out there, but what was very interesting is that as I go to cut my hand and cut my fingers, within a second of me starting the process, I feel calmer. Yeah. So I've done some techniques where people have been scared of flying, have been scared to sing on stage, touch snakes. So I do five-minute phobia cures for people. Yeah. But you can only cure a phobia if they want to be cured. Yep. And so as we go on to the next episode, you have to make some decisions that is what you want to do, what you really want to do, or have you been forced or been told to do it? So if you want to have your best year ever and your best year starts now, if you don't buy into what you're doing, find another job, find another partner, leave where you are. Because let me remind you one thing, you're not a tree, you can move. Yep, I'm with you 100%. And the only thing I was going to kind of add onto that, okay, you, know, you, you say about making a decision, doing it, your, you know, doing it for you and everything else. I think the other big thing to say with that is it's okay to ask for help, but you have to want it. Because so many people ask for help, but what they really want is someone to solve their problem for them, not to help them figure it out for themselves. You have to want the change. You have to be prepared to do the work. But sometimes you need a little assistance or support to get you there. Which is why we do these podcasts. Absolutely. And if you get value from these podcasts, guess what you can do? You can support someone else by sharing what you learned. And you know what else you could do? What? Leave a review. (laughs) 